You're listening to the Laugh Button Podcast on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Oh man, can't get enough of the brand new theme song. Thank you, that's, Billy Yost. That's being injected after we record this. Yeah, what are you talking about? I, talking we, about we, special effects wizardry, son. Oh, okay. Well, it, we just heard it, so I don't know what I mean about post-injections. Are, are you heading to China or something? No. Like something I need to know that about? That does remind me that I said special effects wizardry. Uh-huh. I used to watch this show on like PBS as a kid. What was it that called? It was all about special effects wizardry. Uh, you mean Mr. Wizard? No. No, it was like all... It was like... You know what was the what was Lucas's thing? Uh, Industrial light and magic. That yeah. was his big thing. Like I felt like every other episode was about like something cool they were building. Gotcha. It was on PBS. It was about like how people do special effects in TV shows. Oh, this that's was, awesome. This was pre computers. It's like pre, so. It was like building pre, models and all that kind of stuff. Pre Bob Ross. Uh, what. I don't know if it was pre-Bob Ross. It might have been the same time as Bob Ross. I was a weird kid. I watched PBS a lot. <laughs> Just stop right there. Okay. Uh, because <laughs> here's why. <laughs> I got to let everyone know who the hell we are. This is the Laugh Button Podcast. <laughs> My name is Mark Seaman, not, com- not to be confused with... <laughs> Matt Kleinschmidt, the weird kid. Yeah, Matt Kleinschmidt, the weird... I, I would bet you uh, a zillion dollars I was a way weirder kid than Oh, you. listen, we're not going to have a weird <laughs> off here. No, but I was a weird kid in that, like, I watched PBS because right. I wanted, I was a really into Nova. Sure. Which sure. is a heady thing for an eight-year-old kid sure. to watch. The Special Effects Wizardry Show. I want to say it was called, like, Special Effects Wizardry. Yeah, look it up. We have access to uh, yeah, computers. Just look and it up. And This Old House. Oh, This Old House. Sunday is... nights. My dad. My, watch and, This Old yeah. House. My dad, who got me into it, obviously, because he would watch it all the time. My mom, too. And then Home Time. That was the other one, too, with Bob and the other woman who has been like priced like seven times. I want to say Bob still does that show. Okay. Or then there was home again, Bob Vila, the spinoff when he got fired <laughs> from this old house or left this old house. He did home again. He with Bob is Vila. this old house. No, he's he fired dude, from the it. funny thing is Bob Vila hasn't been on this old house in probably 20 years, 25 years. Yeah. But uh, it's still Bob Vila. What can I say? Well, I'm glad we're sort of uh, <laughs> bringing up these retro uh, shows because retro shows seem to be the hot topic these days on television. Uh, and before we get to said shows, I want to tell everyone that our special guest joining us on the podcast this particular episode is the very lovely and talented Ricky Lindholm. She's uh, one half of Garfunkel and Oates, and she's also one half of the creators of another period. Which is retro. Which is it retro, all tie, right? It all ties in, buddy. All ties in. It's the turn of the century and the Bella Courts. Or sort of like the first family, the Kardashians, if you will, of the turn of the century. And uh, the show's absolutely hilarious. If you haven't watched another period, do yourself a huge solid. Catch up. The thing is littered with amazing comedic talent. And uh, Natasha Leggero and Ricky Lindholm, who created the show, did a fantastic job. And uh, I was able to spend some time with her. And, you know, she's a part of the podcast now. And she tells some great stories about another period and uh, where she used to work back in the old days. <laughs> And, uh, and she may or may not sing. We'll see. The whole premise of the show is great because this area of Rhode Island is where, like, your Rockefellers and your Carnegie's right, at right. the turn of the century 
that's where they uh, that was their jam. That they was lived. Their hang. Yeah. And apparently, it's still like the most affluent area of like America. It's like this little like area of like Rhode Island or something like that. And and the and uh, it's a it's a great idea for a show. It's fucking hilarious. And everyone's in this show. Yes. Moshe Kasher. Yep. David Wayne. Yep. Michael Ian Black. Yep. Pretty much all the state guys. Yep. And then you have like any comedian you can think of is in it too. So it's it's definitely worth the time. I just like to have Ricky on the show. Yeah. So Ricky Lindholm, who plays uh, Beatrice on the show, she's hanging with us. Very excited to have her. And uh, and look, we're talking about these old <laughs> shows, right? Yeah. Because they're coming back now. Like they're yeah, they're. A revival, yeah. It's I don't know what's going on with these revivals, but they're happening more now than ever. And uh, at first, it was just uh, at the movies. And now it's found its way to television, right? Yeah. So we have Uncle Buck premiered this week, which you uh, you absorbed, right, Matt? <laughs> I, did a, I did. I got a text from you. I, you did get a text from me. Now actually. was that during? I think it was during. I was watching after. it on TiVo, so I'd already recorded it. And I gotta say, like, I thought I had full intentions of Uncle Uncle Buck being like a garbage fire. Like I just fully expected that. Now, to now why? Why is that the case? I, because these revivals never work. They're bringing back MacGyver, dude. Did you know that they're bringing yes. back like MacGyver? They're yeah. they're doing yes. Training Day. They're making to a TV show. They did Rush Hour this past year. It's just like, I don't know, man. Sometimes I feel like Hollywood ran out of ideas. So like I go into all these revivals, all these remakes, these redos with a very skeptical opinion about. Okay, them. but but here, how did you come out on the other side? I actually did mind Uncle Buck mainly because Mike Epps is very he's a great character, and he, I think they changed it enough that they if they didn't call it Uncle Buck. You wouldn't know, right. but it still had a couple qualities of Uncle Buck. Like the pilot episode, he did a couple Buck things. He, you know, he has the hat and and he he drives the backfiring car. And he, like, you know, I think in the movie, didn't he like drill into a uh, door to like rescue like the his his niece? There's a there's a play on that, but it kind of has a little twist. So like, I was like, okay, that's cool. And then like the second episode is like. All right, they didn't do any of that shit. So they kind of just set it up that it was what it was, and then they're off and on and, and running. Pay homage, and, and yeah, pit totally. And and we we had talked about this off off podcast, off pod, um, <laughs> <laughs> off pod. Yeah, dude. We should just start that area of New York City, you know, just call it off pod. So it's not like the main podcasts, you know, but it's all the podcasts that are trying to make it, and uh, we could just have off pod. Yeah, off know? pod. Um, we had talked about this. Uh, basically, ABC has a very specific style to its com its comedies right now, and it fit very well. I mean, like I don't know if you want to call it like minority comedies, which I think is a terrible way of looking at it. But awful it is, way. It is an awful way. I said that. I acknowledge that. <laughs> um, but they uh, they've they've kind of like done comedies that aren't your typical like, hey, fat white guy with a hot fat white guy with a hot wife. It was it's more like you know Blackish is a very great comedy. Mm -hmm. The Real O'Neills isn't bad. Um, what else? They have Fresh Off the Boat. Mm -hmm. They have The Goldbergs. So they have like, it fits very well within that block. And Modern Family is what kind of started all that for ABC. It was like, you know, very different walk of family, but a very different walk of life. So well, it, it works well. <clears throat> Uncle Buck is back. It's happening. You can check <laughs> it out on ABC. And, uh, and it gets better, Matt. I watched the first four episodes. So if you liked the first one uh, enough, which it sounds like I you liked did, it enough, yes. That's a good I way I think uh, they did back-to-back -back episodes, they if did. I believe, for the premiere. They did. So it it, uh, it gets better, and Mike Epps is funny, dude. Yeah, Mike Epps is guy. the best. All right, and uh, there was one more uh, one more revival uh, that we just caught wind of, and that or not caught, just caught wind of, but yeah. the cast, the full cast lineup was finally announced, and that's Mad TV. Mad yeah. TV ran for like fourteen seasons, something, something like, like that, that yeah. on on Fox, 
And then just this uh, past January, it was there was a 20th anniversary special that the CW put out. Mm-hmm. And uh, it did so well. And they were thinking about bringing back the show. And so it put this sort of mad TV brand back into the positive light. And they announced the full cast. Some people we've... Our buddy Amir K. <laughs> yeah, our buddy Amir K. for the Warp Tour, Tour yeah. is is uh, a part of this thing, and we've got the full breakdown on the laughbutton.com. You can check it out. We have each cast member broken down with uh, with their demo reels. I put a lot of the demo reels up in there so you can see like celebrity impressions that they do or some stand up that they've done, and give you a real feel for the talent that's there's sort of this next wave of Mad TV. Now, the cool thing about this particular revival is they're going to intertwine it with the old Mad TV in the sense that they're going to bring back original cast members to host each episode in the way that Saturday Night Live has a host. Okay, gotcha. Right? So they may or may not be involved with sketches, but they're going okay. to be there to sort of present you know, the episode. And, uh, and there's going to be some other special appearances that they haven't announced yet. But See, I, I mean... Like, what do you think? I, sketch comedy is doing really well right now. There's some great sketch comedy out there between Inside Amy Schumer... Um, Kroll Show, which you know isn't running anymore. Even like Nick Swartzen, kind of like pretend time, pretend yeah. time, kind of started the new wave of sketch. And like, I mean, they also tried to bring back in Living Color when that fell through. Everyone that was involved in that, or not everyone, but a lot of people that were involved with that, became friends of the people on True TV, which is fucking hilarious. Did really well. Yeah. Our buddy Jermaine Fowler was one of the guys on that show. So like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if like Mad TV has the cachet or the name recognition. I think what people are going for these days, and I think why they do this. Like I said, if you named Uncle Buck anything else, it could work. Yeah, it still works. It right. still works. I think what they're trying to do is we live in a time when you need that instant recognition or that instant nostalgia to even make you give a fuck because you have to cut through so much clutter and noise. Right. Just to, So you see the name Mad Team, you go, oh, okay, I'll check it out. Exactly. I'll at least check it out. Yeah. And I think, I, I think, that's, I think that's kind of terrible as far as what we stand in, but I think it also is a statement to... Just the fact that there's so much out there that this is how people try to compete is they try to cash on nostalgia, you know? So it's interesting. I, I'm curious to see how it works. I'm, uh, I was really looking forward to the In Living Color reboot because it had some beasts associated with it. And, you know, obviously a lot of the guys that made it over to Friends of the People, but like, you know, like, Rel How- like Lil Rel is hilarious, Jermaine's hilarious, all those guys. So Man TV has some good names too, so... Who knows? <clears throat> All right. And uh, again, Ricky Lindholm, join us in just a little bit right here on the Laugh Button Podcast. Uh, make sure you go to thelaughbutton.com for all of our latest featured stories and mm. reviews. we got a nice big Jay Okerson review up there right now because yeah. uh, his brand new special comes out this weekend on Comedy Central with Limited Interruption. Limited commercial. I love yes. when they do that. <laughs> Limited Interruption. And, uh, and then next week on Tuesday, at the time of this recording of the podcast, you can get an album form, yeah. which is uh, very, very cool. We were at the taping of this. And we were at the taping of this yeah. thing. And it was awesome. It was different. It was cool. It was unique. It took place at Webster Hall, hence uh, Big J Ogerson live at Webster Hall. And uh, Big J's fans are a different breed. Let's just really say are. that. They're a different breed. And you feel that going into the audience of any of his shows, whether it's in a small club, like when we saw him tape uh, What's Your Fucking Deal for CISO, Mm -hmm. and this particular taping for Comedy Central, the second you go in there, it's just automatically a Big J feel. And that's a testament to sort of this, not character, but his persona being projected out into the audience and, and his type of comedy. And I know you're a big fan. I'm a big fan as well. Yeah, love Jay. But, uh, but he did it a little different this time around, man. Well, Jay's also known for crowd work. Right. You know, so like how do you, put, how do you set him in a situation where most specials don't have crowd work? 
Um, but that's his thing, and you want to portray him in the best light. So they did it so he could work with the crowd and talk to people and ask them questions, and then he would flow in and out of his material. It was actually, it was actually very smart how it was done. So I'm curious to see what people's response is, because, I mean, this is 17 years in the making. Jay's, mm -hmm. been, Jay's been grinding for a while, and he's a beast. So I'm really excited for him. And the great, the great thing about it is, like, it premieres on, like, the first night of his festival for Skankfest. That's so it's right. Like, it's like all Jay Okerson this weekend. It's crazy. So, so um, do you do you call him Big J? You call him Big J Okerson? You call him Jay Okerson? I call him Jay when I'm talking to him. If, like me and you're talking about, hey yeah. Jay, what's up? But like if I were to write him down or address him to someone else, it's Big J because that's his that's his website, that's his Twitter handle, all that kind of stuff. Kind of like how we call Bobby Kelly Bobby, right, Bobby to his face. Right. But Instead if we were to write it out, yeah. it would be Robert because that's how he looks at it. So. You know, if you go on Twitter and you just type at Big, he's the oh, first I can thing only imagine. Yeah, what it's first thing up. that comes up. It's first thing that comes up. Big J Okerson. Oh, I was thinking like no, no, no. I was thinking like porn Twitter stuff. Well, there's probably that too, but he's yeah. definitely at the top of the top of the list, which is really cool for him. And uh, up front at the, uh, you know, during the special, he had a band play, yeah. which is really cool. Brought him out on the stage. I mean, we were in a concert venue. It Although was. this isn't a traditional backdrop for a comedy. Dude, there was rock taping. music. There was wind. There were explosions. With what do they call those things that shoot the like? Yeah, the flames up. The yeah. flames in the air. There and the and the big. Uh, Compressed air shit. Yeah, it was a rock show, man. I mean, definitely cool. So check that out on Comedy Central this weekend with limited interruption. Read the review uh, too. It's a great review. Yeah, the review's fantastic. Uh, huge shout out to uh, Bridget Flaherty who's been crushing it for us on the laugh button. Her work is phenomenal. And uh, you know, the, you mentioned it, Skankfest. Uh, we can talk about this, right? Yeah, we totally can. Let's do it. We can finally talk about two things that uh, we've been sort of working on behind the scenes on behalf of the laugh button that we're going to now uh, sort of announce, I guess. So it's Skankfest. We will be at Skankfest. Yeah. Um, Skankfest, for those that do not know, is the Legion of Skanks podcast's first comedy festival over the course of the weekend. And we'll be a part of it. And, uh, dude, I mean... The lineup for this is like incredible. It's yeah. it's Doug Stanhope, it's Brian Redband, it's Ari Shafir, Michael Che, Mike Lawrence. I don't know if Attell's doing it, but it's it like literally be. every comedian you can think of. Uh, Sherrod Small, Kurt Metzger. Uh, did I mention Doug Stanhope is coming in? Mm -hmm. um, it's just crazy. And like, there's podcasts that are going to be taped. There's podcast programming, which is what we'll be a part of. Right. And there's live stand up. They're doing. Uh, they're doing a naked roast show that Zach Amico's hosting. Yeah, it's like they're I want to see it and live, I don't want to see it. They're doing right? a live pod. <laughs> I, I'm kind of with you on the same boat. They're doing a live podcast taping of uh, Legion of Skanks. Um, so yeah, it's their first ever festival and they kind of nailed it, man. They hit it out of the park. It's going to basically be taking place all weekend at uh, at the Creek in the Cave in Long Island City and around the corner at the standing room. So basically uh, three, I'm sorry, four different stages, standing room and three at the Creek in the Cave. And we're actually going to be taping uh, Overrated Underrated. We're going to be doing a panel of Overrated Underrated with some comedians. That's right. I guess our, our brand new game that we introduced on <laughs> last week's episode of the podcast took off so much to the point <laughs> that Skankfest reached out to us. Uh, and said, "Hey, do you want to do this thing live?" Sure, we could, we could, we could present it to our our listeners. I just did, and you just pulled back the curtain. <laughs> what are you doing? All right. So, uh, with all that Fake said, until you make it, son. Yeah, with all that said, we're gonna play a quick round again. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, just like we did uh, last week, and to sort of tease what's coming here at Skankfest, which we're very excited to be a part of that. Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to? Uh, I went first last time, so you can all go right. ahead and go first. 
uh, shaking it up. These are topics that people all over the office have dropped into our bucket. We don't know what they are, and we've just got to determine whether they're overrated or underrated. Did you seriously get the, the... I just I just reached in there. Okay, so just so everyone knows who can't see the jar, every piece of paper is pink except for... Like two green ones. Except for two green ones, and, and you grab you one You watch of the me close ones. my eyes and look in the other direction. All right, we ready? Yeah, go ahead. This is one I wrote. Okay. Netflix. Netflix. Overrated or underrated? Dude, I don't. I think Netflix is rated exactly where it needs to be. Is that a good? Is that a good answer? You're gonna play it safe, huh? I don't know. I just think that I think Netflix is great. I think everyone that uses it is using it for the right reasons. Well, I don't think it's underrated, but I also don't think it's. I don't feel like burnout on Netflix either. So I can't say it's overrated. All right, let, let's do this. And I heard some crazy statistic, and I could be completely wrong. That like at any given time, Netflix is like two thirds of all internet traffic. That, that could make sense. Well, no, you're not. Porn has got to. Oh be yeah, there. porn's got to be up there too. So maybe it's like a third. Right. Porn is a third, and the other third is like actual legitimate interneting, like which is probably mostly Facebook. Yeah, somebody's <laughs> sending somebody an instant message on yeah. Facebook, right? Yeah. Uh, well, let's break it down. Okay. Uh, Netflix movies, Netflix TV. Okay. From the from what I understand, the movies, and I'm not a overrated, huge, underrated. Underrated, uh, overrated for movies. For movies, because mm-hmm. from what I gather is, and I and I heard this from my film buff friends, not from myself, is they don't have the selection of classic movies that you would find somewhere else. Um, me not being a classic movie buff or the movies that I love, I end up buying on DVD and watching them that way. Anyway, it's not that big a deal. But from the movie point of view, it's uh, overrated. But I also think they've they've switched their game plan. Like they saw the trend going one way, and they kind of got rid of all the movies and the DVD. Not got rid of, but like started focusing more on original content and acquiring like TV shows and that type of stuff. And that's worked out to be very extremely profitable for them. All right, so movies, overrated. TV shows, though, underrated or overrated? I think some of them are overrated. Like, Orange is the New Black first season was great. Now it's like, okay. Like, I feel like I'm watching it because I want it to end and I want to know what happened the entire time. I still haven't watched Making a Murderer. Uh, I'm probably the only person on the planet that hasn't watched it. It's definitely good. I am shocked at the Fuller House ratings because we talked about this the other day. Like 15 and a half million people watched Fuller House within the first two weeks of it being on Netflix. And that's like as much as The Walking Dead. It's it's like the number two, mo- that would make it like the number two most rated show on television. Um and you know, but then you got shows like Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, which are just fucking dynamite. Yeah, it's know? genius. So, yeah, so okay, so yeah. it's hit and miss over and under. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. so let's see here. I'm shaking up the bucket. I'll Try do this to one get quick. A, the the other green one. <laughs> yeah, I'll do this quick, and then we'll get to uh, Ricky Lindholm. Okay, love Ricky, and uh, Natasha Legere. When I, when I did the interview, Natasha was supposed to to join, but she actually got sick, which was a total bummer. You know what I love most about the, you know what I love most about the show. Another period, yeah, is when they run ads. It's like classic 1800s. But the <laughs> ads will play like, like I love bad bitches, this motherfucking yeah. like they'll play like like the new shit by like Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> it's great. Oh wow! Okay, uh, what do you got? <laughs> This one's kind of tainted because we just talked about Fuller House. Oh, no. I got Full House. So I'm okay. gonna, I mean, I guess I got to answer You can pick it. another one if you want. Yeah, let me pick another one because I'm assuming this means the original Full House. Yeah, of course. And I'm going to say the original Full House was super overrated. Uh, 
and and I can say that now that I've tried to go back and watch it a little bit, okay. I have no idea why the hell I watched it. Because you were like eight, dude. <laughs> yeah, right. So it was on, and I was like, cool, and, and maybe I thought one of them was cute. But and you I, thought, but, yeah. Well, you thought one of the girls was cute, and you liked saying, you got it, dude. That's it, exactly why. But the show is so overrated. I mean, it's grossly overrated. And that's not to take anything away from anybody who was a part of it, because... Stamos is a badass. And, and that guy's like 60. Bob so Saget's he, the man. He's and, gorgeous. He's yeah. like a gorgeous 60-year-old man. All right, all right here we go. All right. Uh, the Other Guys, oh. as in the movie. As in the movie. So The Other Guys is the, the one with Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell. Yes. Directed by Adam McKay. Directed by Adam McKay. This, this movie is grossly underrated. I agree. Underrated. When I first saw the trailer for this, I was like not on board. I was like not having it. I I'm done with these buddy cop movies. I mean, Central Intelligence is about to come. It's a, yet another <laughs> buddy cop. Like, yeah. stop it! <laughs> Just stop it! Stop it! There's other jobs where more than one person works at that job. Okay, we don't need the cop. I mean, th- think about it. And I love the heat. The heat was awesome. Yeah, he was great. Another buddy comedy riding around yeah. in a cop car. Like, can we just stop it? Stop it. All right. So the other guys, with yeah. all that said, yeah. the other guys is grossly underrated. I agree with you. I did not want to watch it. And then I got stuck in a scenario where uh, I found uh, either the DVD or the Blu-ray. It was yeah. just, it somehow found its way to the bench that sits in front of my couch that's <laughs> in front of my TV. And I was sitting there. I said, you know what? I'm going to plop this thing in. I watched it. I laughed hysterically throughout this entire movie. And some of my favorite scenes in those said type of movies happens in the other guys. And I don't want to give them away because if people skip this movie, the movie is like four years old. I don't you care. Can give them away. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I, I want people to discover this. It's movie. totally worth it. Mark Wahlberg. I, I think yep. I didn't, I, I, I had the exact oh, and same By the way, a lot of cool cameos and a lot of other cameos. funny people like yeah. work in the office. Dana Wayans Jr. Yeah, and yeah. they just pop in and pop yeah. out and you're like, Oh Rob dude, yeah, yeah, dude killed it. Um, so good. That movie is so Yeah, underrated. I mean, I, I kind of, I had the exact same experience that you did with this movie. It was was literally like, I, I, maybe I was feeling Will Ferrell fatigue at the time or whatever it was. I think that was part of the problem. And Mark yeah. Wahlberg, like, I didn't know that he could be funny because mm-hmm. he didn't, he had not done Ted yet. He had not done all that other Daddy's stuff. Daddy's Home, he was great in, by yeah, the way. But, yeah, but that's also another team of Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg. So, yeah. and I watched it, I just laughing my ass off at some of this shit, like, it was it was great, like just like some of the running gags throughout the movie of like you know how hot Will Ferrell's wife was and, right. and the Mark the Mark Wahlberg jokes about it. Yeah, great movie. And there was a scene up on the roof, right? What was the the? Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, extremely shit. underrated movie. Like I'll cut that. Extremely out. underrated movie. Cool. All right, so that is overrated, underrated. It's time to get to Ricky Lindholm right now on the Laugh Button Podcast. And uh, seriously, watch another period. It is so great, and I'm so glad it's back for season two and already approved for season three. Nice. We were in New York and the um, everything there is so loud. Yes. And so it was just, oh, I was there for a week and okay. lost my voice. But it's coming back. Were you just yelling at people or what, were you, what were you doing? No, because you know when you have a meeting in a bar? Oh, okay. Well, like, that, yeah. Hey, so my idea of the... And then, yeah. And then your voice goes bye-bye. Yeah, and then you do that for like five or six nights in a row. And it's not good. Mm-hmm. And then you have to go do VO tracks when you get yep. back to LA. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what happened? Yep. Where'd all these nodes come from? Mm-hmm. And you're like, New York yeah. City, man. I have to sing all the songs for Frozen 2. <laughs> Just kidding. I wish. <laughs> Ricky Lindholm is uh, my guest right now on the Laugh Button Podcast. And you also play her in real life. 
Yeah. Which is very convenient because mm-hmm. I've got questions for, for Ricky Lindholm. And oh, so wow. thank you for being her. <laughs> and, uh, You're welcome. Well, it's good to see you again. I feel like it's been a long, 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 mm-hmm. long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I think it's been so long. Garfunkel Notes, uh, I think you guys played some live songs in studio back at Sirius XM. I, yeah. I found those the other day. I should email them to oh, you. Oh, did you? Oh, nice. I don't know if you have them or not. I, it's just go I kart don't racing. Really keep anything. Oh, you know that's probably a good thing. I'm not nostalgic. Kate's very nostalgic. I don't go back and watch things. It's like once things, w- once we perform it, we're on to the next. So I, I should ask you no questions about another period, season one, then because you don't even remember that it happened. I remember it. I just don't rewatch. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, uh, you are one of the co-creators and one of the stars of another period. Yes. And it's automatically funny every time you say the name of this show. Right. It's so good. It's funny how certain people don't get it even when they watch it. That like I get, really? I get the, I know it's well, a then weird. That's not the audience. No, you, you won't watch no. that show. But people have asked on, on Twitter and things, but sure. Yeah. It's like, no, another time period. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, well, people, Hey, everyone's got problems. Yeah. It is a menstrual title, but like once you watch the show, you move on from it. I feel like, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a very good show. Thank so you. So congratulations on all the success with it. Thank you. Season two is coming our way. Mm-hmm. So we're very excited. We're in the third day of editing. So yeah, we're, we're at the editing suites now, right? Mm-hmm. We're at Red Hour. It's this nice, is right? pretty cool, man. Yeah. And uh, this is the, the Ben Stiller joint, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah. So uh, you settle on another period. What, what show names fell to the wayside? What didn't make the cut? What was it oh. almost called? Oh gosh. Which caused it to almost be not successful. Um, the Young and the Rest. That was one. Um, oh gosh, what was it like? High society or something like that was was pitched as a more, you know, safe title. Right. Um, I can't remember what else. Uh, nothing. The, nothing that stuck with me. The young and the rest. It's kind of funny. Yeah. It's, it's good. It could be a good episode name. I, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. That's like a chapter two. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be the title of the book, but yeah. it's it's buried in there somewhere. That's the web spinoff of like peeper's character or something right yeah. i was gonna say you want to get deep in the catalog <laughs> uh-huh. and it's like that one extra who mm-hmm. actually was cut from the he didn't even make the episode right. and there are people out there that want that to get to exist no no to exist like they'll see the reflection of somebody off of something and mm-hmm. be like i want to know more about that person really and then they expect it yeah wow i never notice extras unless they're bad which i think is the point it's right. supposed to be you know, it's supposed to contribute to the scene, but unless they're really good or really bad, bad extras are funny. Well, well they shoot them on purpose now, right? I think is kind of how it works. They do what? Shoot them on purpose. Oh, you mean bad extras is in the person, not mm-hmm. extras on a Blu-ray. Oh, blue- oh my God. We were talking about, oh my God. We were talking about two different things. 100%. I thought, well, cause you said, you I did saying, say extra. Well, I you were saying you. Michael in Black's character and you're like, or an extra. Right, right, right. So, and then you're like, people, I do notice that. I do watch for that. And I'm like, what? I, yeah. I thought it was a little strange. Yeah. Sorry about Confusion Road. Yeah. It's (laughs) always a dead end. Yeah. Never open for business. Mm -hmm. So, uh, this show came about because one, it, it should have, it's, it's funny, but, but, uh, was this something on the back burner for a while for you two? Like you thought of it a long time ago and now you finally had the ability to make it happen. Well, basically it took us like three years to get it made. It was just a slow process or maybe two years because we thought of the idea and we just loved it. And we were like, we need to follow through on this or someone else is going to beat us to it. It's too good. And so Natasha and I like self-financed a short and we shot it at the same mansion that we shot 
that we shoot it now. Okay. Oh, yeah. cool. So we wrote it, we financed it and put this whole thing together. It was probably 12 minutes. So it's, that's a big deal. Like we had period costumes. We spent a lot of I was money. I say that's some cashito. It was, a... yeah. One of the scenes from the original short actually ended up on the show. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. So the quality was good. Yeah. There's a scene where, um, Frederick undresses me and or Frederick and I get undressed and that was just straight from the short. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. So Same it was director. It. Yeah. It was totally worth it. Levels. And then we went out and pitched the show mm-hmm. and then everybody passed. And so we were kind of like, we want feedback. Like, why would they, why? Everyone laughed in the room. Like, this seems so obvious. And everyone said they didn't know where the show could go. They were like, it seems like a one-off. Yeah, it seemed like that. And we were like, that's fair from this short. Let's show them where the show can go. And we went out, we wrote the pilot on spec. We wrote a Bible for every character. Like, seeing where they would go. And, you know, Natasha and I are just in love with these characters. And we're in love with the show. And... We just wanted to do everything we could, and then we repitched it mm-hmm. with Debbie Liebling of Red Hour, and uh, s- someone bought it. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's a great story. It was cool. So uh, the Bella Courts come to life, mm-hmm. and uh, you're Beatrice, so you get the double B, the yep. BB gun of the situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, did it take you a long time to settle on a name? I mean, I, you, you get it to create this really thing, so didn't. it's up to you. I don't know why. It was like Lillian and Beatrice were just like, yep. Yep, done. The name that... It took us a full day to settle on Mr. Peepers. That was like... we we felt like that name was so important and we really like, we think about the names a lot before we name characters. That, that's why I ask you. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm like, there's, there's history behind the names. Mm-hmm. Like what do the names mean? How are they going to correlate? Like there's right. jokes pre-written, mm-hmm. you know, for like 20 episodes later. Yes. So. Well, hopefully Dodo's the name of a woman who it was what she was called. This woman in Newport, we went and toured all the houses in Newport to get like real historical information. And this one woman named Dodo would move her house based on, uh, the frizziness in her hair that the sea was causing. So she moved further or closer to the sea. She just that just had that kind of money. So that's, she's called Dodo, and we're like, okay, we're using that. That's amazing. Wow. Mm-hmm. Solely based on the frizziness mm-hmm. of the hair. That's how much money these people had. At the turn of the century, there was no income tax. If you can imagine that, that's like, it's insane. There was no antitrust laws. It was just a free-for-all. And people, when... Carnegie died. He had four billion dollars. Yeah, I was gonna say it was in the billions. Four billion, nineteen oh two money. Four billion. Like it's just it's and no one's that rich with anymore. inflation. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's clown town. Yeah, nobody's that rich anymore. You you couldn't spend it fast enough. No, that's why there's Carnegie Hall and whatever. You know, there's <laughs> right. so much money. Like, I guess we'll put his name on mm-hmm. this too. That's gonna cost him a million. Yeah, there was a woman who had a hundred thousand dollar dinner party for two dogs, and so we're like, well, we're doing an episode about that. Obviously, that was real. There's like the things that are real in our show. There's so many things you wouldn't believe. What, it. What's the most money you've spent on something that was that post uh, expense? You were like, that was just the stupidest thing I've ever in- not even invested in because you just bought it. Um, and uh, and then you're like, why do I have this? Oh, me personally? Yeah. I mean, you're not nostalgic, so you're not going to go oh. and get your favorite, you know, limited edition, whatever. No. Let me think. I mean, m- my money, I only spend it on a couple things. I spend it on food food right survival yeah well not survival i mean i spend it on food oh like you go like, to town i on am food. into i am into food i'm into wine it's my favorite experience or i spend it on travel it's, those are I, the two things just, anyone like, should spend their money yeah, on yeah i like experiences so you know i've had some better trips than others but i don't really regret i don't regret bad restaurants cuz you're like well you're like that. That's checked off the list. Excuse me. This isn't fifty thousand dollar asparagus. Right. Okay. <laughs> I don't care what side of the mountain it was grown on in the right. Himalayas. This is this, not it. This Sorry. is just not good. What's the last trip you took? 
Um, are you a Europe person? Do you like to go yeah, to weird places? Well, I was places just in like New York last week, and that was really fun. Mm-hmm. I got there, and I saw five plays in four days. Oh, that's Hamilton like, better have yep, been included. Of course. Okay. I saw it for the second time. Oh, second time around. Yeah. It's so amazing. That it's place so, is so good. It's so good that I cannot stop talking about it. Right. And, you know, Natasha hasn't seen it, and she's like, it, it can't be that much hype and I was like I, I it is impossible to overhype you, you it. can't hype it yeah you can't yeah. hype it enough it's there, impossible. you cannot overhype this play it doesn't matter because I talk about it constantly and I'm always it's always in my earphones like it's I play it on repeat nice and she's just like this it can't I'm like it is you have to go you have to see she it she hasn't been wow mm-hmm. okay so wow so there's four more plays what else nice. did you see um I saw she loves me which was awesome okay so waitress Waitre- awesome. I was gonna say waitress cool. I saw clips which was great but sad and then I saw American Psycho, Lupita Nyong'o. Lupita Nyong'o? Oh, okay. oh yes, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, she's pretty incredible. But the whole cast was. And then I saw American Psycho. That's with Ben Walker, man. Yeah. Guy crushes, dude. Yeah. He's he, funny. He's a funny guy. Have yes. you ever met him or worked with him? I've met him. He's I've hysterical. never worked with him. Yeah. yeah he's, yeah, I, but I met him so long ago. I met him when he was doing Flags of Our Fathers here okay. in LA. So what is that, like 10 years ago or Yeah, something? that's a long time. It was I, maybe his first movie. I'm trying to think of the first time I met him. I think it was Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson. Okay. I think that was on Broadway. Mm-hmm. So it was maybe like seven years ago or something. Okay. But that guy is just ridiculous. Yeah. Man. Super He can funny. sing his ass off too. So, so yeah. American Psycho is worth it. Check it out. Yes. Blink twice. If we actually, <laughs> no one can see you. Blink twice. If I should. <laughs> No, go go to support Ben. Mm-hmm. Got to go support Ben. And he's well, in his underwear a lot of the time, so you oh, get, so you get to there's have that. that feature, yeah. right? That's a that's yes, a it's very nice. To that's have. a need to see in person feature yes. if you're a fan. Yes, I did not mind watching that. Yeah, you said that for you even leaned into the microphone when you said that just to make sure the yes did got I? picked up. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about another period on Broadway? Can we can we make this happen? Is this is there some potential for that? I've never thought about it, but I have thought yeah. about a Garfunkel Notes musical many many times as that should exist as well yeah kate and i just we go to we are obsessed with musicals and we go to see stuff and we've started writing songs for animated movies which is really fun and we're just like we have to do this you're into perry grip territory now do you know perry grip no he's the he's the lead singer of nerf herder you remember nerf herder no oh man cool band (laughs) A uh, bunch of nerds play songs about Doctor Who and Star Wars and stuff like that. I mean, wow. they took their name from Empire Strikes Back. Got it. But um, th- that's what Perry Grip does now. He writes for animated, you know, features it's, and stuff. It's, it's great. It's so fun. Yeah. It's, and it's nice to know that you can write outside your one little comedy voice. Yeah. You can write for other people and even chit, even chids, even ki- I'm so tired. Even okay. children. I feel bad. Editing all day like fries your brain. Yeah. Editing is the least fun part probably of any project that you do. Would you say that? Yeah, but it's so important. It's a must. It's, I think it's like one third writing, one third doing the show, one third editing. That's like importance. I think it's equally important to the performances and the day and the words. Yeah. Well, you're at the finish line. The beginning of the finish line. We, right. we finished editing in August. I was just going to so say, it's the beginning. <laughs> I was trying to pad it for you, but for, you didn't want to yeah. take it. You're like, no, no, but I do, I do love it. Four more months of this. It is nice, like, you know, just creating the perfect moment or the perfect thing when you can't wait to put it out there. It's it's really nice to be part of it. You get to play in a pretty cool world, man. You're, you're doing well. It's insane. Did, did, did you I really can't believe it. Level? I mean, you're at, a, you're um, at a pretty special level right now because... You've got the cred, mm-hmm. which allows you to create the things that people would have said no to 10 mm-hmm. years ago, right? It's great. And, uh, yeah. and you kind of get to do it your way. I mean, it's a sweet spot, it's right? It's really amazing. I, I sometimes like, you know, I'll just go on, you know, you can put your head down and you work and work and work. And then sometimes I look up and I'm like, 
what? <laughs> I'm just like, this is my life. Like, I can't believe I'm about to do a scene with David Wayne or Jason Ritter or these people who are just so funny. And I'm like, and I, that I wrote mm-hmm. and they're in costume and it like, and they have to say the words. Yeah. They and there's a hundred people making this scene happen. And it's, it's pretty surreal. Can we, uh, te- I, I mean, actually, I don't like asking for teasers. I like people to experience stuff, but, mm-hmm. uh, as far as cast goes mm-hmm. with the new season, mm-hmm. is there expansion, uh, or are there any cameos? Guest we spots? have one new, uh, maid played by Alice Hunter. She's okay. pretty new, but she's really good. Um, and then, just little guest stars, but we don't have, we tried to expand on the, the characters that are, that we have and give them more storylines. More depth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we don't have mm-hmm. a ton of guest stars, but we have, you know, the ones we have are good. Like Andrew Rannells did a two oh, episode arc good. and he's so perfect for our show. So, yeah. Speaking of Broadway, like I did all right on Broadway. Yes. <laughs> he, yes. He, I'm like, so you were in Hamilton and Book of Mormon. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk forever. You're kind of the best. Mm-hmm. Amen. Rest <laughs> in peace. Best friends forever. I believe. Okay. Bye. <laughs> yeah. So is, is that something uh, you, you haven't done Broadway, right? No. I feel like, would you ever do it? Could you do it? Do you want to do it? You could do it. I mean, of, course, done everything of else. course I want to do it. But so what's stopping you? I mean, I'm really busy. I've definitely not pursued, you know, yeah. I'd have to like get really, you know, I'd have to get singing lessons. I'd have to, I'd have to really, really to fine tune it. Up try to, mm-hmm. so Cause I'm used to singing Garfunkel note style for right. the past eight years, which is like, you know, more, you know, pregnant women, you know, it's not the, you know, it's Garfunkel note style. Yes. That's all you like, have to say. Where they walk. It's not that. Nailed it. Oh, I mean, that's Little Mermaid. It. Yeah, <laughs> I was just going to say Disney just like oozed out of you there for three See, right, we write kid songs. It's, it's yeah. perfect. We didn't write that one, sadly, because that song's amazing. Yeah, they, yeah Disney kind of, they're on point, right? They got it figured out, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, favorite Disney song of all time? Do you have one? Is oh. it? Is what were you going to ask if what it was? No, no, I'm just trying to think. No, I'm, I'm thinking also like. Well, I actually, I always forget if it's Disney or Pixar or what's what. Well, they they own each other, right? Oh, they so do. I think so. It might be that one, um, the Little Mermaid song. I'm not going to make you think of it. You're mm-hmm. exhausted mentally. What is it? Up where they walk, over the sea. Yeah, we'll have a computer voice put it in later. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Part of that world. That one, maybe. Okay. But I don't know. It's really hard to know. I'm thinking Mary Poppins. Oh, yeah. Like, I actually really like that song from Frozen. I know it's overplayed, but that... But it's good. It might be my favorite, too. Mary Poppins? Which one? Uh, the chim chimity chim chimity. I can't get that out of my head. Yeah. That's in there for life. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel I have very mixed feelings about the soundtrack of Mary Poppins. Really? Yeah, and Why? I've actually been thinking. Like my my sound engineer and I, who uh, make the Garfunkel Notes records, we had like a long debate about the song "Feed the Birds." And I'm like, that is a fast forward song. You know it is. Is that the top, the toppings, toppings? That one? Yeah. <laughs> That's a creepy song. Birds. Yeah, I hated that song. And I'm doing it probably too fast. You know, it's like, toppings, a bag. Wait. And I was like, don't tell me you don't fast forward that song every time you watch that movie. Because I know, I feel like everybody does unless they're, they zone out. Right. Why do I feel like I went to Natasha's website years ago and she was feeding birds? Like for a photo shoot or something? And possibly singing that song. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe she's on Team Feed the Birds. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm adamantly not. I just that's, yeah. That song's not a team sport. That's a no. that's a There are yeah. certain songs in musicals that I just skip. I'm just every single time. I like start to hear it coming like, nope. Yep, not I gave happening. you a chance. I listened to you probably twelve times. That feels like fair. And then you're done. All right. I need uh one line. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, out of context, obviously, mm-hmm. from season two of another period. Okay. Uh, that I can start printing T-shirts of now. Oh, okay. I have to think of a good one. I want to get ahead of this. What I'm saying is, I need to start a business. Okay, can I do two lines because it's a setup and a joke? Okay. Because a joke. Hey, front and back of a shirt. Yeah. So, two of our uh, Brian Husky and Natasha Leggero, they're married in the show. They're fighting over a room, and he's and Husky says, "I'm not leaving till you acquiesce or drop dead." And Natasha says, "Stop quoting our wedding night." So that's. <laughs> I feel like that's a really good joke. It's really dark, but yeah. See, you need the setup. You do. You, you definitely the, do. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think you need a t-shirt. I think you need a sweater. Yeah. <laughs> to, to warm your heart after that. Yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> it's so lovely. There's so many heartfelt moments like that to witness. Is it hard to, um, is it hard to, you know, from a writer's perspective, stay on the path? You know what I mean? Because if you, if you, a joke enters your head and that could send you down one direction. And if, if you don't pull back, to the main theme of whatever you're trying to accomplish in that one set episode. Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it challenging to like not just go, man? 100% to a point where what we do is we write our outlines first, not our jokes. We write the story. We make sure we have the story. Because like you can have a ton of jokes and if you don't have a story, no one's going to care. You're right. You have to have some emotion. Just go watch stand-up if you want to hear a bunch of yeah, jokes. Yeah, right, right. exactly. So we do that. We write sometimes like 20-page outlines for a 25-page script. Just like wow. every single thing's laid out in detail so we know we can picture it and then then we write it and do the comedy. But we, yeah, structure is very hard. And so we spend a lot of time on that. And then jokes are fun. Yeah, jokes are, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, they're the best part. Yeah. They're, they're, they're the sprinkles. Yes, putting, on, putting in jokes sprinkles. is awesome. And then we have this crazy cast who also put in jokes all the time. So. And you got to let them, I guess. They're all amazing. Oh, my God. Why would we stop them? Yeah, how would you control? Yeah. <laughs> we would not stop them. Good luck, everybody working on that show. Yeah. Um, all <laughs> the right. only thing that's hard is improvising in period dialect. Because you can't uh, be... I don't know what you're talking about. Like, whatever. Sure. That just wouldn't make it in. Doesn't make sense. Mm-mm. Words weren't invented yet. Yeah. You have um, to use, like, not contractions. You have to say cannot or whatever. Right. And you have, mm-hmm. to, you have to stress the T's, right? You can't um, be lazy about it. You can't say... Like better versus better? Oh, I don't you know. know. You know, is I that too nerdy? I don't do that. I mean, if someone said like, your button is missing, I'd be like, oh. I'd be like, we literally can't be friends. Like, oh, I feel better. I'd be like, I, I can't know you. I'm sorry. Right. Like, it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, it no, was. we don't do that on our show. <laughs> <laughs> what What jobs fell to the wayside? Thank God they did. Mm. Uh, because you're doing what you do now. What what fell to the wayside? What does that mean? Like, what were the first jobs you had in real life? Oh, like waitressing kind of jobs? Yeah, that you had to file taxes for. My first job was as a, a counter person and then a cook at the McDonald's in a Walmart near Buffalo. Inside a Walmart. This yeah. is a McDonald's inside yeah, a Walmart. It was called McExpress. <laughs> and... <laughs> We didn't have chicken sandwiches or fish fillets. We had a, a limited menu. Yeah, those were too. Those take just a little bit too yeah, long. It's, what at McDonald's yeah. takes too long that you can't get it fast enough? I don't know, we, but we we had a lim- we didn't do breakfast. Okay, but it had most of the other McDonald's elements. And we had chicken nuggets and things like that. I still have a scar Buffalo, on my arm from the fry basket. Yeah, it's near Buffalo. I was not really counter material they started to think and so they put me in the grill oh, and so i was <laughs> i was making sandwiches it's but it's so much better back there 
I was like, oh, I don't, I'm so much less exhausted. You can phone it in like crazy yeah, you, back you can there. nail it in back yeah, there. Yeah, like I put fries in the basket and you just wait. <laughs> like I'm just standing for three and a half minutes, which is a long time. Just watching fries. And then I then they're like serving like eight people up front. I'm like, they are expending energy on the wrong things. Do you think there's anybody still working there from your time? Yeah. There was one girl. I was just like, I know, I knew it. You think she's aware of what you do now? Um, well, my actual town has a, a thousand people in it. So I'm assuming that's where that we're So you have streets around. named after you at this point, or at least menu no. items. You must have menu items at the local restaurant. I mean, yeah, you're right about the not pluraling that restaurant. Yeah, there's like one restaurant, you know, but there's so many restaurants in the next town. Not so many. What am I talking about? There's like eight, but what was the restaurant? Was it like a Jan's Diner? Jan's. Yeah, but but who's not that J- far down. I don't know. I never went in there. Never met you. No, <laughs> but not that far down the road. We had Friendly's and oh, okay. Beef and Barrel, which was like our fancy restaurant. Oh. Serves, serves <laughs> beef on wick sandwiches. But yeah, so I worked. Poor choice, um, beef and yeah. barrel. But my paycheck <laughs> was four twenty-five an hour. Okay. And so, it did not add up. You know, it it, it was, can't. Mm-mm. It literally cannot. <laughs> no, no. But I just I don't know. Yeah, but those were the days, man. You you must think back to that and think it's funny, right? Because that was a part of your life. It's funny. And it's super motivation to mm. have accomplished all the goals you've been able to achieve now, right? Yes. I mean, you took all that. I'm never doing this for the rest of my life, and put it into what you're doing now for the rest of your life. Yes. The same thing happened to my dad. He w- he didn't want to go to college, and then he spent half a day working in a rock quarry. And by lunch, he's like, "I'm going to college," <laughs> and he just he just quit. A rock quarry. Yeah, I mean, what do you do there? What is that? You I don't move know rocks around. I think. Oh, that's literally yeah. what that was. It's, he was like a. It's modern like what they do in. Yeah, it's what they do in like South African prisons. Yeah, like, that's horrible. They do, don't they? Isn't that that form of? I mean, it's not like great but it's, yeah it's, it's a bad job yeah, i don't want to be quoted on that i don't know oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's bring it back to another period okay now that you have these established characters now you get to dive deeper in them what character were you the most excited to exploit that much more this go round that blanche. maybe did blanche okay yeah, that's a good one beth dover she has that's a, good a one. lot of really weird things happen this year and she's just so versatile that you can throw something at her like you can throw anything and she just crushes it and so she has like every emotion she goes her character goes through everything that a human can go through pretty much top to bottom i like that yeah and we and because blanche it's so fun to see her lose over and over you know it just doesn't get old (laughs) because she's so earnest and she tries so hard and and that's kind of like real life. You know, the people yeah. that just try hard and they're like, yeah, you know, I'm cool with it. Mm-hmm. You know, they yeah. never win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they never win. It's like not funny if people win all the time. Yeah. It's not like comedy. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. What do you think uh, the biggest, what do you think the worst tropes in comedy are? Because w- what's cool about you is you're, you're many facets of comedy. You do musical mm-hmm. comedy, right? You're an actress. Uh, obviously, this show, so you're a writer as well, mm-hmm. and producer. What are the what do you think the worst tropes in comedy are that that are bubbling up these days? I don't like hijinks music, and we use the as little as we possibly can. So specific, I love it. Okay, it's you know what I'm talking about. They did it a lot in like do. Desperate Housewives, where it's like <laughs> boom, 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 to like pretend that some scene is light when they're just walking down a hallway. It's just kind of. <laughs> It it makes me crazy every time I hear hijinks music. 
I'm like, why did you, why you couldn't find any, like you couldn't, they couldn't just walk down the hallway. And I hate the word misadventures. It's only just, it's only in descriptions of TV shows, but it's, it's why no one, it's just an adventure. And no one has (laughs) used that word ever in my presence in real life. It was like, oh, I went to Paris did a lot of misadventures. You know, it's not, it's not a word even like, I don't understand. It's not something that's used, but every TV show description, it's like the misadventures of two women. <laughs> right. Right. It wasn't the misadventures in babysitting. No, it wasn't. Is there anything off limits for you as far as comedy is concerned? Cause here you are with a, a, a time period where, where you can play it a different way than mm-hmm. you can if you're working in today's comedy. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, Jokes can be written about everything. I truly believe that. As yes. long as you can find the funny, mm-hmm. it could be the worst topic ever. Yeah. I believe there can be funny found. I agree. And but this year, I mean, we go so far this year. There, there's, they're subtle, but we have, a, we have a dead baby joke. We have like, like a long list of dead baby jokes. Actually, okay. we have a joke about gun control. We have, I mean, we go really far. That's great. Mm-hmm. It's, like we have a joke about being executed. Like not a lot of stuff is off limits this year. That's great. And things weren't off limits last year. We yeah, have a woman getting beat up by a man that's and it's true. hilarious right, in this right. season. And again, that, that lends itself to the time period, I think, mm-hmm. right? Like you can get away with that. Yeah. And just, yeah, that's, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's a good playground. But it's also um, setting that tone where it's like, you can't take this too seriously. Like we'll have a whole conversation about someone's favorite type of pewter. You can't be like, it's not... You can't get that invested, so we can say more stuff. Computer's a great word. It really is. Could be short for computer, but it's not. It's, it's Where's my pewter? No. <laughs> used to say that as a kid. Really? Got to get to the pewter. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get to the computer. <laughs> I don't know. My brother built his own computers when we were kids, so we were all super ridiculous. Yeah, he was like really nerdy. Wow. Yeah, That's he was cool. never saw son nerdy. Really? Yeah, yeah. It was oh, that what's bad he doing now? He uh he started his own business and he works specifically with old Cadillacs. Not and, computer uh, really? Not well he yes, because he takes apart the Cadillacs and rebuilds them with computers installed inside them. So oh. yeah, it's kind of like a one like there's not many of these shops no, in that's existence. Cool. Yeah, he likes taking things mm-hmm. apart and putting them back together. So that's very cool. Yeah. I do not like that. Y- not at all. <laughs> no, I actually recently threw out all my manuals for all of my appliances. <laughs> Because I was like, I am never going to use these. And they're just sitting in my drawer. I've never looked at these. If my fridge is broken, I'm not going to look how to fix it in the manual. I'm going to call the fridge guy. Sure. Yeah. Or YouTube it. You mm-hmm. ever YouTube to fix something? You ever? Uh, no. Never did that? No. I mean, you, I have like YouTube to be like, how do I roll a better joint or whatever? Right. But not, yeah, not how to fix my stove. Like I'm not getting in there. I don't trust myself. It's. I, I feel like you're in everything. Really? Yes. I'm I like, like I'm I watching a movie disagree. and I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Ricky's in this too. I didn't even know. <laughs> oh, like in the last 15 years. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. was like what my friend calls a jobbing actor where it's like you get one job and then, but then you're completely back to auditioning phase. Like nothing mm-hmm. really builds on itself. So I was just always auditioning and then I would get a job, but it, but it wasn't, it wouldn't lead it's to another permanent. job. Right, right. It would just be, you know, you're guest starring on Bones. Great. New day. You're guest starring on, I don't know, some sitcom and then it's awesome. And then you're like down to back down to, you know, what's your favorite sitcom? You're a part of that got canceled that you wish didn't. And maybe you're only on got it for, for a smidge. Yeah. Like does it do it. Does it have to have gotten canceled? Cause no, no, my favorite I, one is I, easy. I think about that. I say canceled because 
unfortunately, some stuff doesn't stay around that should. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like Arrested Development gets canceled. And it I feel like have. Enlightened yeah. got canceled too soon. Yeah. That was part of that. That was a bummer. That was a cool show, yeah. man. But my that favorite sitcom show. I've ever been on was Big Bang Theory. But it was before it exploded. Right. It was when it was doing no, good, no but it wasn't. Intended. You know what I mean? It wasn't. It wasn't even close to what it's it was. Is season now. two? What, what season? I did think you it might have been two? season two. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah, and it was like such a great part. I feel like I was in every scene almost. I had to dye my hair for it. I was like, don't care. I Both you and it. Kate on that show. Mm-hmm. It's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, Kate definitely got the better part. She, <laughs> she was like in a whole season or something. Yeah, she had a, she had more of an arc. Yes. Yeah, she beat you out on that one. Oh yes. And now they have their own Lego set. They're doing Do all they? right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But it was really th- that cast is so good. Like it doesn't surprise me what a like a hit it became because I remember being at the table. I'd done a lot of sitcom stuff, but I was at mm-hmm. the table read and I was like, oh my god, yeah, these this people is- are so funny and this is no joke they were like everyone table read just and i was like i gotta make sure i'm airtight on every word and you know and it like made me raise my game no pressure it was great though yeah when some when when you're around you know six people who are all on point like you're like i gotta get up there like i can't i can't be you know playing ping pong during lunch (laughs) there's some cool comedy trivia tied to that show simon uh obviously plays howard on the show was like writing partners with with Derek Waters from Drunk History. Yeah, and they moved to LA together, I think. Right. And Simon is from LA. Oh, he's from LA. Yeah, because okay, so they Simon so they met at the UCB Theater, maybe. Probably. Uh, yeah. But Simon, they, Jason Ritter, and Jeremy Connor, our director, are best friends from childhood. Oh, the three of them, their whole lives have been crazy. best friends. Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah. Wait, how old were you when you met Kate? I don't know uh, if I ever asked you guys that. How How old were you? Uh, 28 maybe okay so it wasn't like you were 15 or anything no oh wait no that's a lie i met her for the first time when we were eight or nine at music camp oh no way we went to camp together but we but we did not remember we didn't know there's no photo or anything like we keep trying to find the camp photo and it's we can't find it because we weren't buddies at camp right we were just in different you're like that person over there can't remember their name (laughs) guess i'm not gonna be friends with them right but (laughs) why am i that person Kate might have done that to me. Yeah, I could have been speaking on her. Yeah, mm-hmm. it could have been her. But you weren't. That, yeah, that was <laughs> no. That was a bad Kate impression. I'm it was sorry. like <laughs> it was like the it's this weird assumption that people have about me that I don't understand. Really, people assume that. Yeah, I feel what? like people think Kate's the nice one. What? I, I hopefully it was not insinuating. I was not insinuating no, that. But at she's all. very nice. That's not wrong. You guys are the best, man. We're both nice. Yes, you're both extremely nice. Kate's not here, so she can't defend herself. Kate is in Italy filming a movie. Oh, is so she? let's is that, all oh, be so jealous she, of Kate. She's super far away. She's in Tuscany, and I'm so jealous. I want to be in Tuscany trying that wine. That so, so what can we say about her that she can't defend herself about? Like, uh, what secret can we let out of the bag um, that you'd like to just finally get off your chest? It's been a burden. Oh my God. And you could never say it. She's always around. And you just didn't want to get the Kate look. A secret about the and, Kate and now, look. And now there's no That's Kate look. That's such a hard look. <laughs> it's when she stares you down, you're like, oh my God. I just yeah, melt like, inside. Yeah, exactly. You're just like, she's uh, clearly a cruel person. Right. So, a secret about Kate. It's weird. Like, I am, don't have a lot of secrets. I mean, I have some, but I'm pretty open. When we, when we tour, I'm always telling true stories and Kate's more reserved about what she reveals. Does she have a funky superstition or is no, it's just, she's just naturally more private and she mm-hmm. sort of has more of a, um, what's it called? A, a persona, mm-hmm. you know, that's not exactly related, you know? Yeah, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. All right. So, all right, we got to get you to Tuscany. 
Are you going to surprise yeah. her? How can we get you to Tuscany? I don't know. I can make it just maybe just fly there. Maybe just buy a mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Natasha and I went to Rome last summer. That was fun. Oh, you did? Rome's, Rome's awesome. Rome is amazing. Rome's cool because it's like the New York of Europe, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like a little dirty and grimy. Mm-hmm. There's something special about it, though. Yeah. There's a certain attitude. It, there really is. Yeah. I loved it. And just, by the way, getting out of a subway stop and, oh, there's the Coliseum yeah. is insane. You can't really get past that. Yeah. That was, I remember doing that and then eating like 15 donuts. They sell those big donuts outside the Coliseum. Did you oh, land any of those? I did not land any of those. Yeah. Those were pretty tasty. I miss those. big, huge, like Homer Simpson style donuts. Oh my gosh. I feel like I was just so full on pasta. Like <laughs> yeah. it was, it was a pasta and wine free for all when I was in Italy, but you know, that's when it has to be. And ice cream too, or gelato or whatever. I know gelato is so good in other countries. It tastes the same here. Because it's real. But it tastes the same here. It really does. It just for some reason when you're on vacation, it feels like this amazing thing. (laughs) There's great gelato in Los Angeles. I am telling you there is. Ricky, I'm going to stop you right there. It's science. They were able to pull it off with chemicals and mystery meat. And it's not real. Yeah, it's not the real deal, man. (laughs) It's so good, though. Even the pizza there, too. You're just like, it's automatically better for whatever reason. Oh, the pizza in Italy? Yeah, 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 of course. It's just the best. But I don't know what it is, like why gelato tastes so good in other countries. But it does taste better just like mentally. Paris has my favorite. The the Barthelion. Is is that what it is? The Barthelion ice cream. There's a spot right behind... Uh, Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. If you ever go to Paris, mm-hmm. the ice cream spot, you got to cross over this little bridge onto this little island. I think there's like one hotel there. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's one ice cream spot right in the cor- corner. It sells Barthelion ice cream. Oh, wow. Being dead serious. Like I just had it like a couple months ago. And uh, I, I went every day while really? I was in Paris. Yeah, I was like, I had to have it once a day because I know I'm not going to have it for at least another however many years yes. until I go back there. I just had the weirdest, because I told you I'm not nostalgic so I don't reflect on things, yeah. and I just had the weirdest like flashback of Wait, my so life. Wait, so you just lied to me for... Um, uh, um, yeah. I'm just kidding. Okay, so what's the I didn't. I haven't said anything true this entire podcast. <laughs> it's really crazy. Um, but you know, in front of Notre Dame where there's like that spot where you stand in and you make a wish and then it's supposed to come true? Yes. I went when I was in college to Paris and I just remembered, I said I wanted my own TV show. I'm not even kidding. I totally forgot. And when you were talking about t- talking about it, I was like, wait, I remember that being there. And like, you can make one wish. And I'm like, I want my own TV show. And then, you know. There it is. You put it into the universe mm-hmm. and it came true. A short 18 years later or whatever it is. <laughs> but yeah, it's still crazy. It takes longer for some other people though, right? Yes. It's happening. That's the important part. Yes. yes. Well, let's get you out of here. Thank you so much for the time. I know you're Thank exhausted. Thank you for having me. All right. Thanks, Ricky. <laughs> Cheers. All right. That was Ricky Lindholm. Um, her voice, just listening to her voice is awesome. She yeah. just has a great voice. It's like adorable. Yeah. She kind of has that, that, that voice where you're like, oh yeah. You know, like if you told me she was like 18, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. But, but, exactly. If, but, but then you're like, oh, she's like a full grown woman. You're like, oh yeah. Okay, cool. I get it. And she's very hysterical. Uh, yeah, like we said, day. one half of uh, Garfunkel Notes. You can get their latest special on Vimeo. Uh, that they put out, so five bucks. That's it, five bucks. You're gonna get a great special. Check out another, jeez. Pe- uh, Check out another period season two, which is on Comedy Central right now. And uh, and just go to both Kate McCucci and, and Ricky Lindholm's IMDb pages, and you'll see they have like 400 movies coming out. Yeah, so, they're in all the movies yeah, and TV shows. Yeah. Because they're great. Because they're awesome people. And it was cool to hang out at uh, at Red Hour, which is where the uh, interview ben took Stiller's place. Ben Stiller's production company, right? Yeah, it was his production company. And, and, and I wasn't kidding. She came right out of the editing bay. It was like late at night. And she <laughs> just came right out and literally editing probably the episode you're going to watch, you know, today mm-hmm. of, an, of another period. And... Uh, 
And it's just fascinating seeing that whole process and, and hearing her take that every part is equally as valuable, whether it's the editing, whether it's the acting, or whether it's the writing. All three stages equally as important. I mean, editing makes some movies sometimes, you know? Like, there's things that happen, like, uh, one of the things that pops in my head is that iconic scene where the Tusken Raider raises his staff over uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi oh, or, right, or yeah. Luke in uh, Star Wars. He only did that once, but with editing, he did it a couple times, and I don't know. Yeah, Editing <laughs> works, a difference for you. It makes a difference to three me. Three pumps from the... Well, Tuscan that's that, yeah, exactly, and that's why uh, so that's why Jeannie from Ferris Bueller kicked Principal Rooney in the face three times. Right. She only did it once, but then they cut it a couple times. How did you that's feel about editing, buddy? How did you editing. feel about the editing of? Uh, did Did you ever see the, the the director's cut of the Warriors? Terrible. No, well, yes, no, the the director's <laughs> sort of recut of Blade Sin Runner? City. Sin City. I haven't. I didn't watch it actually. So, so they recut it with additional footage, the original one. Okay. And the way they pieced it together, it's not. It doesn't flow like the original movie flowed. It's like set up in chunks now. Oh, like each I got you. Story. And and you watch it and you're like, it's cool. And I guess the, seeing the extra footage is awesome. Yeah, I got you. But you're just like, wow. It's kind of like watching. Someone did the same thing for Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. Where like you watch like all of Bruce Willis's part, then all of the right. other part, then all of the other part, and you're just like, eh, it's not as fun. I mean, look at a movie like uh, the most recent example of that is um, Deadpool. Deadpool is like, if if that were movie were not cut to kind of like have flashbacks or cut fully linear, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be nearly as cool. I mean, like the movie starts off with an awesome action sequence, and then it cuts back to him meeting the girl and all that stuff. If you cut that in order, it's 40, 30 minutes, 40 minutes of like him meeting the girl, and you don't get the action sequences. So I get why that's done. Sometimes it just makes the story more exciting. So no, I've never seen that to answer your question. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. All well, right. Well, right. uh, let's have everyone answer our question. Did you download the podcast? Did you subscribe to it? Did you tell your friends about it? Have you gone to the laughbutton.com today? The answer should be yes to all those. The laugh button on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Foursquare. We're, we're the mayor of podcast land. Swarm. Swarm. <laughs> Friendster. We're, we're living the dream, all right? <laughs> so follow us on all those socials. And then interact with us. Podcast at the laughbutton.com. If you want to play overrated, underrated with us, give us your suggestions. We'll throw them in the jar. And uh, who knows? We may use them at the the live show at Skank Fest yeah. uh, coming up this weekend. This weekend, Skank Fest. And then also on June 30th, dude, we're presenting a show, Quincy Jones and Friends. Quincy Jones, you might know the comedian who just recently had an HBO special uh, mm-hmm. that got to, uh, Ellen actually greenlit for HBO uh, based on the Kickstarter. He was running to tape his own special before he died because of a cancer diagnosis. Oh. Yeah, I'm excited to see him and meet him, and and it's 100. He's going to be a future guest on the podcast, but we're also presenting his show at Littlefield in Brooklyn on June 30th. Tickets are eight bucks. You can go get them on Littlefield's website. You can also pick them up on thelaughbutton.com. But we're presenting that show. Uh, Pretty excited about that. Pretty excited to meet Quincy because he's a West Coast guy, so he doesn't get out here that often. So, all right, we're going to start a new game. Okay, what's the new game? And it's going to close out every podcast. Okay. Open up your internet. Okay. And tell me the last thing in your history. Oh, geez. I, it was the laugh button. Was and you can't delete at. it. Oh, actually, no. I'm sorry. The last thing I Googled was special effects PBS. <laughs> <laughs> well, during the podcast, right? During the podcast, totally. All right. Mine is uh, High So Tie, which oh, is the uh, tie joint the right tie around the across the street. <laughs> I guess uh, I, I phoned in and, and made an order. So, ah, damn. All right. I thought we were going to catch us doing something bad at work. <laughs> All right. Until next time, laughbutton.com.